Hey, it's Alex again from Han Shot First and Quotes from Springfield here to introduce part two of our last episode. If you missed part one, you can go and listen to it now. Don't worry, I'll wait. This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, sixes. Uh, moving on to fives. All right, I get to be the first one to do it. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I'll I'll leave this mostly because I'm, I'm assuming you, at least one of the persons going to have this on the list. Um, I will I say I, I do not have Final Fantasy VII. Really? Yeah. Uh, I can wait till Damian? the end to talk about it. But Davian, do I have a Final Fantasy? I do have Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll, I'll leave you to do most of the talking here but um here's another one that mike um this is what a good friend mike was not only did he let me borrow the game he let me borrow his playstation oh didn't we swap wow. systems for a little while or did i th- i think that maybe that's what it was maybe yeah, you cause, borrowed my yeah because it wasn't completely you know, we... altruistic no no because no, no. you know what? actually i let <laughs> eric borrow the system full stop so that's that was my thing loaning out too much stuff <laughs> but so you borrowing the playstation from my because i had everybody talk about this game forever and dating myself this is this came out in high school mm-hmm. uh but um yeah i was blown away by this game um and, and it's mostly the the just the bonkers amount of detail that went into creating the world yeah um felt felt like they kind of lost steam with uh, some of the story and some of the pacing, but like Midgar is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like yep. the amount of work that went into that. Um, it, it's actually kind of a letdown when you get into like the, the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, just the, the character animations, the, the, the introduction of the CG movies, which was like a new thing at the time. Oh yeah. Except for uh, turning around and walking through the fire in Nibelheim. Yeah. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so much cool shit. Um, again, the music. Uh, One Winged Angel, Eris's theme, Aerith's. Get out of here with that th bullshit. Aerith's theme. Aerith's theme. theme. Aerith's theme. Aerith's theme. Aerith's theme. But Aerith's Aerith's theme. Uh, you know, the character, like just iconic characters. Um, you know, Cloud's Cloud's kind of a dick, but you can still root for him on like certain other characters that go yes. along with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, God, I could go on and on about this. Uh, um, the reason it's not higher on my list is um, I think the novelty of it is what I, you know, at the time I enjoyed more than anything else. Because um, it doesn't really work like the previous Final Fantasies did. Like, uh, where you, 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 I don't know, the, you get to pay a little more attention to uh, the, I, I don't know, I don't know how to, to 
verbalize it exactly, but uh, it did kind of move off of character specific abilities. For example, aside from limit breaks, some people don't like the fact that it's kind yes. of more tethered to materia as opposed to FF four. You know, where yeah. right? I think that's a good way to yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, they had the yeah. everybody had the like unique weapons, uh, but yeah, they definitely moved away from. And they, they they kind of started doing that with with six. six where you did that, quit, yeah. Where you could run the magic. Yeah, so uh, anyways, that's my number five. Uh, um, Alex, your number five. Uh, my number five, as you mentioned, is Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Which was such an improvement over the first one. It blew my mind. Uh, all the character development, all the the, the bonds that you share with uh, with everybody at the... The, the best part about it was that you, you were alone in the galaxy. You just got brought back to life at the beginning, which is awesome. And they, they took like this side organization that's, oh, yeah, in the first game, it's like, oh, they're part of Cerberus. They do genetic experimentations, whatever. They were just side mission. And they made it into like this big, like galactic sized thing mm-hmm. uh, just from, you know, side missions. And they brought it to a larger scale, which is fantastic. Brought the Cerberus organization to the forefront. And not only that, but it's, I don't know. It's just so cool having to, (laughs) I got to go gather my crew, you know, gathering the fucking crew for the big mission. It's so badass. And you got, you know, the, the psychopath, the, the sniper, the tactician, the, the scientist, all the tropes so amazing i played this game so it's the first game on the xbox that i ever 100 percented all the yep. all the uh um, first and everything. last game that i've ever completely wow. yeah, really. <laughs> yeah played through hardcore and all that shit yeah yep that's awesome yeah the, I, I i got so good that it, uh um not to brag or anything but uh <laughs> i did i did a couple yeah, I did some playthroughs okay. where I was doing abilities only. I never did like handguns or anything like that, uh, which was pretty damn fun. Uh, it's so so good once the the vanguard and the second one on. I know you do the charge, charge, you so knock it down, fun. and yeah. shotgun to the face. Uh, and what was awesome about it was that I did actually three playthroughs, which I did a, a good playthrough. Uh, bad playthrough, which you can save everybody on the mission, and then I did the idiot playthrough, <laughs> where I would just okay, maybe I won't finish all the story stuff for this character, but I'll finish all of this person's, uh, not of this person. And spoiler alert: at the final mission, you actually saw some of these yeah. friends of yours that you've journeyed with for so long just die at the end of the game. It was amazing. Yep. Also, fun fact. Forty-three uh, percent of all best girls are in Mass Effect Two. <laughs> science. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's science. Yeah, yeah it's scientifically mm-hmm. proven. Uh, <laughs> and, and then also, science Tally is best girl. Yeah, yeah. Just, just definitely. Saying, just saying. good shepherd always went for Tally. <laughs> bad shepherd bad, too. Bad uh, now. <laughs> bad shepherd went for what's her face, the blue one. You know, the blue one. The blue one. There was there was no Asari in two that you played. Uh, I know in two. That's why she was celibate. Yeah, yeah. In two until we got the three. Liara. Oh no! Wait, through the yeah, Liara. There was the um the DLC where you got to see her again. That's right. That was cool. Shadow Broker. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Mike number five. 
My number five is The World Ends With You. Specifically Whoa, the, the, the DS version. Because I saw Shit. how they gimped the uh, the tablet and Switch versions. And it makes me so yeah. sad because there's more story. So I kind of want to play those. But on the DS version, the two damn, screens, the yeah, two screens damn, are parallel universes. When you get into a battle, yep. you and your partner are in parallel. You help each other, but you can't interact. And it's one of the most brilliant and difficult battle systems ever. It took me <laughs> six solid hours to get comfortable with Shiki. Then she leaves. <laughs> you have three. You have three partners that all fight differently so the way the battle system works is that the main character is controlled just with the stylus on the touch screen and different pins that you have i guess attached to your clothing gives you different abilities all um enabled by different uh gestures that already is pretty smart and good for a touch screen game but then that's what your pen hand is doing your button hand is controlling your partner on the top screen where they have three radically different flow chart beat oriented battle uh mechanics and it's fucking amazing on top of the fact that i love the story i can't get enough of the um street art styled uh, street art style of character design and the trippy lsd renditions of of shibuya and that the uh the really good especially for ds really good soundtrack of a mix of so J-pop, cool. trip-hop, and Japanese punk. And all of those fit together because you are trapped in the Shibuya shopping area in kind of a terrifying battle royale thing put on by these demons. You wake up in the middle of the crosswalk and you notice, oh shit, I can read everyone's mind and everyone's ignoring me. What the fuck is going on? It's so, so damn good. I can't recommend it enough. Damn, good choice. I yeah, forgot is, about that's that. That's a really good choice. That's, I've, <laughs> I, I remember you recommending this to me, Mike, and I never got around to it. So, Boom. So I'm, 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 Scott, you're, you're, you're the worst. The if worst. you ever wanted to know why I don't call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so bow down to Scott, bow down. <laughs> King, King of slime. King, King of, of filth. filth. King of Boo, Boo Tressence. <laughs> right. Damien, number five. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Origins. Okay. Uh, That's right. Yeah, they threw, they threw in all the RPG oh, elements. Yeah, yeah. The Egyptian one. Yes. Yeah. It probably would be Odyssey, except I haven't beaten that yet, so I'm going to default to the one that I have. <laughs> um, to be fair, though, it could probably be either. Uh,. I think this is, I guess, to some degree, again, along the lines of more action-oriented RPGs or Mass Effect, things like that. This game was checks all the boxes. Uh, amazing world, <laughs> though it's much more, perhaps a bit more rooted in history than some of the other titles. But the the sense of... You're saying Cecil didn't turn into a white knight? <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't say that. I'm pretty sure that that's in history <laughs> books as well, at least the ones I read. Yeah, it so should it's, be. And you really get talk about immersion again like which comes up a lot i guess in role-playing games such a big component of it when i first started playing origins i'd skip a lot of the assassin's creed so this is my first time back in the series for a while and when just ancient egypt opens up to you i mean to this day there i think there's entire sections of the map i just haven't been to and i played a lot of that game it's 
the sense of wonder and awe and exploration, which is such a core component there, is extraordinary. Is just just wonderful, and you really start finding yourself looking for, you know, in every nook and cranny for something exciting to happen. And you know, more often than not, especially given the scope of the world, you you do find things. And even though there's a very strong linear narrative that underlies it. A lot of the side quests you can still handle in different ways, and you can start to get a sense for for your character as you play through. You can customize your skills, of course, and play more stealthily or play a more aggro style. So it it incorporates a lot of different play styles. That's uh, a, a truly compelling world and a character that uh, in Bayek that I really uh, started to, to care for. The, the ending of the game actually still kind of upsets me in some ways because I really wanted to see things turn out differently for him. Uh, not to spoil it for people, but uh, I was really rooting for him, and it doesn't quite go as I had expected. So that's a game that um, I thought was really cool. And then, of course, an interesting Final Fantasy uh, tie-in as well, so that at least we get some Final Fantasy talk in here, too. I was just wandering around the desert at one point, and I had no idea that they had done a crossover with, um, with Square. So when this meteor <laughs> lands this comet lands in a, a nearby tomb and i go to investigate and it opens up this whole crazy uh sequence where i end up getting a, a chocobo and like a, i think i like ultimate, <laughs> ultimate weapon i i was just floored absolutely floored. Are, you, are you are you making this up no I thought you were going to say you ran into a cactuar in the desert. <laughs> that would have been uh, a more subtle uh, way of going about it. it Maybe a bit more organic, but no. You can instead... They, somehow they missed that one, but they decided that instead you would get, a, I think, like Ultima weapons and a chocobo. A four-legged chocobo, mind you. Gross. Oh, dang. Yeah. That's a lot of drumsticks. <laughs> it was good eating that night in the desert, boys. Tell you. I, sure, I sure it wasn't a horse. Uh, I have a hard time telling them apart. In real life. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm it. not sure, sure. But yes, that's a, a really weird Easter egg they put in there. And I feel like there was some time with FF15 that had to do with... Uh, Boo. Yeah, I hear you. With uh, Assassin's Creed as well. But Assassin's Creed was way better. And for a while, like running, <laughs> running around on my like riding around on my chocobo and just smashing uh, brigands with a <laughs> ultimate weapon was really satisfying. Oh, that's awesome. That is a weird little wrinkle. Yeah. Sounds cool, though. Yeah, I played a little bit of Odyssey. It's, the game is ridiculous as far as like the setting goes. So I need to Did get you collect all the moons? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that Odyssey. Oh. <laughs> uh, although that's a great game, too. Uh, okay. Uh, moving on to number fours. Um, going back to Enix here on the PlayStation uh, Star Ocean 2 I uh, played the hell out of this game um, I love nearly everything about this game uh, love the characters the, the battle system is is unique um, all the characters pop and like a lot of personality with the the sprites um, the the story is ridiculous but <laughs> I still enjoy it. Um, it. It does have some some localization holes in it. <laughs> at, at one point, there's this ancient race, uh, and they're explaining how they've been hiding for a really long time. And uh, the, the the guy telling the, the the party members about 
the, the ancient race about themselves. Uh, just starts by saying, speaking of 4.5 billion years ago, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he launches into this, like, you know, this, this, this whole uh, diatribe about where his people came from and stuff. Or like, uh, maybe, maybe the localization, maybe they could have said, like, 4.5 thousand? Like, I think that would have been fine. <laughs> Gotta go big. Maybe, maybe, maybe 45,000, yeah. but 4.5 billion. Billion. Like, yeah, that, that that was funny to me. But yeah, I, I don't know if you guys ever played this. Um, great soundtrack. Um, I'm hoping, I'm holding out hope that they're going to do a version of this on the Switch soon, because they're doing the first game uh, on the Switch pretty soon. First oh, one wow. was, yeah, Super Nintendo, right? Yeah, they're doing an updated version of that from like the PSP version, I think. I don't, I'm not sure. But mm. that'll be on the, the Switch soon. So hopefully they do that for the second one. But yeah. um, I, I think out of every game on this list, um, this one has my favorite kind of inventory system like or upgrade system. Like the way they spaced out you getting equipment. Um, and then there's like, you're able to craft your own stuff. Um, you basically get to spend the whole game kind of upgrading with with some work. So it's just extremely rewarding the whole way through um, in a way that, that a lot of RPGs never really figure out. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, number four, Star Ocean 2. Also, all the other Star Oceans after that one are awful. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh. Not much to my everlasting disappointment. Uh, Alex, number four. Uh, my number four is just Secret of Mana. Ooh. One of the... Damn it. <laughs> I know it's it just such a it's just cool all around it's a great story uh the boy the hero you, he never speaks so uh, you know as a teenage kid it was just perfect for me it was one of the first action rpgs that i ever played uh, <laughs> and, and it was speaking. multiplayer yeah i did <laughs> he actually talked a little <laughs> bit like when he talks to the tree oh yeah it's just that they didn't give him yeah. they gave the other characters more dialogue than him yeah um, that's it. Still yeah, on the list. Was, <laughs> Alex, she's yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Secret of Mana. But amazing soundtrack. It was the first. Uh, what, what? Yeah, no, it was the first game that I really got emotionally, like, really invested in. Uh, to the like, Final Fantasy Four almost got me. And Final Fantasy, I mean, Mass Effect Two was a, was a cool action game, so I got excited for it. But I didn't really feel like emotionally connected to characters until, you know, final uh, secret of mana, which is fantastic. And, you know, the gimmick at the end is like, well, you traveled all this time to try and get the mana sword. What you have to put two spells on your sword in order to bring out the mana sword. That was great. Yeah. Like the magic system, the way that the animation and the, and the uh, sprites changed, the more you leveled up your magic. That was an awesome detail. Yeah. Amazing, oh, yeah, just all around. Yeah, sprite. Speaking well, of sprites, more, sprite a little bit more to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sprite, sprite. What other game has Santa Claus too? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> just all casually yeah. there. Yeah, it's it's a casual Santa. <laughs> oh, I turned into the Ice Titan. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves to be high on the list. 
mm-hmm. Mike, your number four. My number four. Not surprising that it's on the list, but might well. <laughs> no one who knows my opinions is going to be listening to this. But if you know my <laughs> opinions, you might be surprised that Chrono Trigger is as far down as number four. Wow. But it's only I, because I am a little aim. surprised. Yeah. So depending on the time of my life, it was number one. Yeah. And for a long time, spoiler, it was a tie between Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI, just going back and forth for like ten years. Yeah. But mm. you know, I keep pl- I keep replaying things, and then occasionally play new things, <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> so, but remember, these <laughs> these are atomic level close. So, this is Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger was. A, t- a technical tour de force on the Super Nintendo. And the thing that blows my mind, it didn't use any expansion chips. That was base Super Nintendo Chrono oh, yeah. Trigger. It had, uh, they had a crossover. They somehow, somehow Square and Enix, back when they were competitors, they had people from both of their companies work on this game for Square on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and Morisan from uh, the Dragon Quest series, and right, um, Sakaguchi from uh, right. <laughs> oh, the Gooch! The Gooch. <laughs> this was uh, Mitsuda's uh, big opening. Yeah, and it hospitalized he, him. Yeah, because the dude, damn, the dude had like eighty percent of the music done, and then his disc died, so he lost all of it. Yep. yep, and he had oh, he, man. he nearly had a nervous breakdown. I think he got a, a stomach ulcer for yep. it. Yep, that's absolutely right. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Uematsu. Uematsu did like ten of the songs, but there's thirty something songs. So uh, this dude did the rest of them. And anyway, the the music has uh, a broad range and is so evocative, so appropriately evocative of the environments and the themes and what the directors would hope you'd be feeling in that moment. Yeah. Uh, They had so much multi-threaded effort of figuring out how to make things make sense if you do them out of order, if you do them with different team makeups and, uh, and, and there's 13 or 14 endings, and this blows my mind. I never got the secret ending until three years ago. The Dev and Room? I've, pl- I've played the game. No, 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 not the Dev Room. I'm sorry, but one of the story ones. Oh. I don't remember the specifics, but it was like the hardest one to get of the story endings. So back in 95, when the game was new, since then, I would play it once or twice a year for like 10 years. And in that time, I never got this ending. Mm. And then... A couple years ago, I got that ending, and oh. after so after twenty years, I got oh, a wow. new ending on Chrono Trigger, <laughs> yes. and it blew my goddamn mind. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's how amazing that game is. So yeah, and That's I just got to say, you didn't get a new ending because yeah. of some DLC, <laughs> dude. That is just like it was the same feeling as when Mega Man Nine came out, and yeah. when I played the most amazing remake or re you know rom hack of zelda one where it was just as good as the original just totally redone same sort of feeling and uh just in case anyone has not played chrono trigger when when the chrono trigger itself becomes a plot device you um i'm not going to say her name because everyone says it differently but princess nadia you have to have her (laughs) in the lead in your party because that's the 
clearly I've played that scene with every character in the front. She's the one they meant for there to be to be in that scene. And it, that's an emotional part. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, RPG. <laughs> yeah, when you play with, I mean, I guess when you play that part with uh, with Luca, it's okay. There's there's a strong emotional tie in there. But if you play with anybody else, it's like, all right. I know they're like, uh, like yeah, Frog. It's like it's good ye are back. And then with Magus, yeah. he's like, you're back because <laughs> the guy doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to say if. if like what had happened if that had happened to me with the uh, losing the disc, I hundred percent would have just walked off into the woods. Never to be never seen heard again. From me again. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps <laughs> once in a while there'd be there'd be tales of like like uh, a yeti like stealing people's picnic baskets or something. I don't know. <laughs> but hey, there's a yeti ste- stealing my picnic basket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like oh, Mitsuda, uh had worked, I believe, in like sound in this between like sound effects right. things like that while he was waiting because he wanted to do music. When he finally got that opportunity, that was his big gig. So he actually had a bunch of stuff already lined up in case he was oh. going to get his chance. But he didn't have the volume of things, which is why he had to compose all these new ones to go along with the characters. And then it still just was so much that... I think yeah. he even gave Square an ultimatum, like, you either let me do the music on here or I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that sounds about right. Because like you're saying, it was... The, the amazing thing about this game that's so iconic now and at the top of a lot of people's lists is at the time it was almost considered not a throwaway game, but because they weren't working on Dragon Quest for Hori or for like... Um, you know, Final Fantasy for Sakaguchi. They had these mm-hmm. liberties to try things like New Game Plus, enemies visible on the map, all uh, the time travel mechanics, all these things that they were scared to do on a core franchise because it could go off the rails. They had the, the liberty to try it in, in Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. and, you know, clearly it, it was a success. And, so dude, makes- New Game Plus made sense on this game because yes. of the entire premise. So when other games did New yeah. Game Plus, I was like, oh, that's not a time travel game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Damien, your number four. FF7. All right. Uh, anyone who knows my opinion will probably also be surprised to see FF7 um, outside of the top three. <laughs> I love that game. I absolutely adore Final Fantasy VII. Um, there's... It's you know some of the things have already been mentioned. I don't really know even where to start. Like that, I play in Final Fantasy VII. When you get a certain number of hours played, your counter can't go any higher, and so it changes color. <laughs> and if I recall correctly, it's at ninety nine hours ninety nine minutes where the counter will turn to like blue, and then it just stops advancing because you should stop playing. You play too much. Uh, but I remember playing it at that counter, and then one day I fired it up. And it was like the counter turned red or some other color because I think like it had lapped another hundred hours while I was playing. <laughs> so God only knows it's some ludicrous amount of time I put into that game. You know, maxed out materia, <laughs> master materia for everything. Um, went through and beat all the weapons. I remember like f- figuring out. Dude, I had the most goofball way to be like edible weapon too because I didn't understand like how Ares Tam Storm worked or any of the mechanics. So I, <laughs> I, I, would, I devised this way to like hit my own character to trigger like the lucky sevens 
uh, like rage attack they could go into by using like Chocobop because it had a set amount of damage. I, it was <laughs> so absurd. Everything from the Chocobo <laughs> racing to uh, the little mini games like Fort Condor, the snowboarding stuff, the Gold Saucer. It was such a vibrant, amazing world with so many cool things to do. Like the characters, uh, I mean, they're iconic for a reason. Uh, it's such an extraordinary cast with so many hard-hitting emotional moments. Obviously, uh, Eris' death being one of the more uh, famous in all of yeah. gaming. But everything you learn about Cloud's discovery, like of you know of his true personality, like Cloud gets a lot of slack for being a squallish type of like BS dot 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 whatever I don't care type of character. But that's what people miss about him. I think is that Cloud. Like he, that was him playing a part in the beginning because he'd lost his memory. He'd been traumatized. He's kind of trying to assume the role of Zack and other characters. And he becomes much more interesting along the way. Like that wasn't, that literally wasn't his actual personality. And having Tifa help him uncover that is such a compelling story arc. She gets, she's a very underrated character. I feel as though uh, also like Tifa. She's, she's like, she was my favorite character. Yeah. She's, she's like the Samwise. She totally is. (laughs) <laughs> don't you leave Samwise Gamgee's <laughs> and I didn't mean yeah. to so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean everyone of course Tifa's you know a very striking character design and she kicks a lot of ass but like to me it's always been her like her strength that made her such like I, I would say necessarily like emotionally or whatever but her ability to, to she really she really is the Samwise is a good analogy because there's that whole part where like Cloud just goes catatonic basically and oh, yeah. like the life, like this little village is collapsing into the live stream and Cloud's completely useless. And she's pushing him in a wheelchair out of this place, like as it just yeah. crumbles. Like, her devotion and her her strength is extraordinary. There's so many cool characters uh, throughout that. Uh, they all have at least one interesting side quest to kind of develop the character a bit, which I think is something I'll come back to with another entry. But um, every character gets at least something to make you understand why they're why they're motivated to do what they do. Um, everything else has been covered, you know, ad nauseum, I'm sure. But I, for me, that's that's a game that will always have a place yeah, so, in the house. Yeah, so many, so many I, iconic tracks on this too. The Eris's theme, uh, the the Genova theme. Oh yeah, so fucking Cosmo awesome! Canyon, ah, oh, such a good track. Yeah. What a good track. when the, the very end part when you're dropping, jumping on the floating rocks and stuff to get to Genova. You know that that whole super music's playing. You just get like pumped for that last fight, and then oh yeah, and then of course the one winged angel. And then uh, like the fact that after you fight a guy who explodes the entire galaxy, the fact they had the wherewithal to realize like this grandiose battle is really cool, it's very satisfying, but then it comes down to just Cloud and Sephiroth right there, and you just get to press the button to unload it's like what at that point three discs worth of frustration in one omni slash <laughs> on this jackass. It's so satisfying. Such a well well put together title. For all of its 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 flaws, and, and they certainly are there, it still deserves the reputation it has. Now, what about Advent Children? You know, Advent Children is, in terms of the story, like everything that came part of that like compilation of Final Fantasy, a dumpster fire. Story wise, it makes no sense. It's horrible. Why they brought back Rufus, I'll never understand. He got hit in the face with like an Omega weapon, like tactical nuke. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's so many things in the story that make no sense, but. <laughs> At least, unlike the other games, that go out of their way to undermine the actual mythos, even to a larger degree. Like uh, 
Crisis Core and Dirge of Carabas, which don't make any sense. Dirge of Carabas, like, Vincent's my favorite character. I don't want to play Metal Gear Solid as Vincent Valentine, like, hiding <laughs> behind crates and sniping people. I want to just turn to Chaos Core and wreck shit. That game is just garbage, which is really disappointing. But at least Advent Children just gives you amazing ass-kicking fan service. like cloud battling for half an hour through buildings that's really all i ask and it does capture the characters pretty well the idea that cloud is still looking for forgiveness because for all he accomplished he still can't let go of the fact that he um you know failed eris in his mind and he has that great line at the very end when uh sephiroth says like uh, it's like sort of the effect of like oh, yeah, you know, totally. I, I really want you to tell me what it is that you value most because I want the joy of taking it from you and then Cloud has that great comeback where he's like oh, where he just this counter is like you still don't get it there's nothing that's not important to me and that sums up like that exchange sums up the dichotomy between those two characters so well. So for all the things it does wrong, they really capture the core uh, conflict there. And mm, the core of the crisis. Clouds, really likable. Yeah, I did like that. That whole fight was worth it, yeah, it was <laughs> for the rest of the movie and all the story and all the weird. Oh, I'm looking for Mama. Why are you always crying? It's like, what are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And the fact that that one goofball would be Tifa in a fight, are they nuts? Yeah, no <laughs> way. would crush that guy. Like a single dolphin blow would dis- would disintegrate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dolphin blow. <laughs> I forgot about that. All right. Awesome. Uh, number three uh, is, uh, for me, is Final Fantasy VI. Uh, yeah, me too. Twins. I I bugged the sh- <laughs> my my poor Twins. mom. I bugged I bugged the everlasting shit out of her about this, because uh, she she worked at the time was working at a uh, like a super K is like HR manager, and so I knew she had access to like a video game aisle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I just every day did you get it? Did you get it? And finally she brought it home one day, and that that was probably the end of me like ever like getting good grades but uh <laughs> yeah i was so fucking hyped for this game i can't like every game on this list like way more hyped for this than anything else because yeah. uh, i remember reading nintendo powers and how they outlined the characters and like i'd already like picked out the characters i wanted to use yeah. and, and it, it was gonna be awesome and you know i was not disappointed although mm-hmm. some of the character abilities are not great <laughs> which is unfortunate but you know you get well, you're saying that. sketch isn't great well the sketch is amazing because yeah, it gave me 255 <laughs> of the was it golden hairpins 255 no, yeah. of the offerings oh my god and, uh, Club offering. and then it also erased my game so it's <laughs> it's very powerful very powerful <laughs> uh, but uh uh yeah, just I, I was not disappointed with this, and I we already talked about it a little, but I love how it, the game just totally flips halfway through, where it becomes very much like a hardcore RPG, where it's like, well, choice is yours now, guys. Like, <laughs> do you want to round everybody up and do this, or do you just want to get to the end of the story? Like, totally up to you. Uh, and that, that is like an interesting level of like freedom at that point for a Japanese RPG. Uh, Did you save Shadow from the? Did you not my him? first my first playthrough. I did not. Oh my! I did God, not learn about that until afterwards, and I was sad. 
Uh, I guess I got to play it again. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I got to play it again. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's mine number three. Um, Alex, number three. Yeah, same. Same? Okay. This is, this is when I found out that Final Fantasy III in the U.S. was actually six in Japan. I was like, holy shit, they made six of these? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? The other, the other four must be fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, if five, five was okay, I played a little bit of five. Yeah. Uh, yeah I like the I job system. Them. It was interesting the way they they were mixing up the mechanics and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy VI was uh, a gut punch. It's one of the in video games some of the first gut punches that I ever received. Uh, like Terra, then learning about her past and everything, and how she. Her, uh, she couldn't reconcile that she was an esper and a, you know a human, and it was, oh, that was just heartbreaking and amazing. And you know, character arcs like they were tossing character arcs everywhere in this game, and they all felt very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Also, not to mention that you can suplex a train. Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> let's, let's not gloss over that. Uh, <laughs> Which is, might be the best part of Final yeah. Fantasy VI. What is that? There's a web comic. It's like magical game time. I think does it. Did a whole comic about that where like said <laughs> they're on the on the tracks and like instead saves Asami, it's like get behind me and like they're like what? And he's like no, I got this. I'm motherfucking Sami. And he's select <laughs> suplex. It's amazing. Yeah, not only that, Sabin Sabin. Yeah. I always said Sabin. It was amazing. His abilities, you had to actually like input them like a fighting game. Oh. That blew my I mind. I had to yeah, plug in a good. joystick into my second player port. So I could do the three sixties on <laughs> the bum rush. Oh, no, I, it's oh, it's yeah. called bum rush. <laughs> Fucking best. When you pulled it off, like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm winning this fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, props to the localization for renaming Tara from Tina. That was a good ass choice. Yeah, that yeah, was Woolsey. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. The man himself. Yep. Woolsey to the <laughs> rescue. All right, Mike, number three. My number three is Earthbound. So I don't know why I bought this. (laughs) Like at the time, (laughs) I I think it's, you know what it was? It was, I was on that, um, that square can do no wrong high and I needed more RPGs. (laughs) And there was this one that, uh, yes, Nintendo power was hyping the fuck out of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it seemed different and it also came with a player's guide. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> I got it. And the first time through, I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> and then like, I didn't touch it for a while. And then I got older and I played it again. And I liked it more. And every time I got older, I liked it more. <laughs> and now it's number three on my list. And I can't get <laughs> enough of the... Of that wonderful duff. Of that wonderful earth duff. Uh, (laughs) It was – now, the first one, Earthbound Zero, that was apparently the first, at least in Japan, the first game written by a writer, if that makes sense. Uh, And But he wasn't a book writer. He was a copywriter. Mm. And the reason that works out well for a video game with limited space is that he was all about – really well-crafted small chunks of text Hmm. and he said when he was figuring out what to put where he said it was like laying out a magazine and the game the game has um 
it is a game where kids go on a trip. And uh, a funny thing that's different about this. Now, it is a silent protagonist, but he's static through the whole story and everyone around him is dynamic. And that was a really clever way of um, building out the narrative. On top of that, it had a trippy as fuck soundtrack that pushed the Super Nintendo chip to its limit. Most of the music mm. was done by Hip Tanaka, who did Metroid and Kid Icarus. Mm. And he just went mm. he just went bananas on this. And it's got <laughs> uh, it's got several different types of electronic music. It has uh, a Chuck Berry ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, by Marty McFly? Yeah. And that music plays when you are fighting the new age retro hippie. <laughs> As we all nice. should be. Right. Yeah. So I that also that's my ringtone for when my mom calls me. Because she used <laughs> she used to be a hippie and she's my mother and the series is called Mother, so there you go. Oh, uh, so the, the, to wrap this up, it, it has um, the game is hilarious and insightful and touching and uh, goes through some of these concepts at a especially for mid 90s, really profound level. Yeah, I got to play that. Uh, yeah. the, the, the last leg of it is also completely you said bananas. I, yeah, I would apply that to the, <laughs> to Dude, the last leg yeah, of the game. Like, like uh-huh. even, even, even within the context of the game, which is already kind of weird. Like, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I think I can say this without spoiling it for Alex. But Scott, the part where you start controlling robots, I didn't realize how dark that was until yeah, I was an adult. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, that is awesome how dark that is. Wow. Yeah. All right. Ooh. And it right. came in a big uh, box. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. With scratch and that. stuff, like vomit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, Alex, number three. Or, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Damien, number three. Damien, number three, sorry. We look alike. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Twinsies. Uh, <laughs> this, boy, this. <laughs> It's 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 tough to come down with just ten. It gets really hard once you get to this area. They do all kind of clump together, yeah. and I kind of I, I wanted to kind of cheat and make this a series entry, but it's Persona. Uh, okay. Yeah. Since I but to try and re- reel it into one, it's really tough for me between the original Persona uh, and Persona Two. Original sin. Yeah. Or, or, oh, I do, or original punishment. Yeah, I do remember that there was two Persona 2s, which was crazy. Yes. Sin and Punishment. I always forget the, the subtitles for this. Yeah, Innocence and something and Sin and Innocence Punishment. Innocence and Eternal Punishment. Yeah, um, okay. I, and they are both like characters from Persona 1 return in Persona 2 uh, the, in both parts of the duology. So they're inextricably linked in so many ways. I feel so much justified in making it one entry. As for why it's that high on the list, it's uh, that was a like epoch making <laughs> game for me. Uh, it had such an enormous impact uh, on uh, you know. I would later uh, go on to to visit Japan and live in Japan, and a big part of that uh, for me was uh, influence of any number of things. One of which was Persona. The level of depth it was mentioned somewhat with regard to Persona Four earlier by Scott, like uh, the level of 
research that went into understanding everything from the Jungian psychology that clearly underpins the the entire series to the persona concept and the archetypes to the to the occult and mysticism of the tarot cards that tie into the various characters' abilities to the like deep dives in lore and mythology. It was there's so much depth to the game, but on a, it also had such a an interesting surface level of. of very, and then we see this evolve later on into Persona Four and Five, and in the later series where the the presentation was so stylish and smooth. I think some of the discussion earlier was about like you know style over substance, uh, you know, or that type of a balance. I found few games that managed to merge the two so synergistically, uh, as well as Persona does, and the themes it tackles are so mature even though it's kind of like a young adult style in terms of the age of the characters and some of the topics it really manages to address a lot of really big issues about uh society religion personality uh identity in ways that i think few other rpgs had had tackled at the time certainly and probably haven't approached as well even now like there's a meta there's a scene in the very first persona where you go to this well of souls and you kind of see yourself playing a video game uh groove on fight but it's this idea it's kind of a meta moment that the series breaks it's like a never-ending story type thing yes yes i i know your name call my name (laughs) i have to keep my feet on the ground yes uh i was thinking of that with secret of mana too because i always thought the dragon at the end reminded me of falcor yeah Uh, oh yeah but blame me yes so uh, the I don't it's hard to overstate in my opinion what an extraordinary accomplishment uh, the Persona series is in general, and those early titles have so many like gut punch moments and extraordinarily multi dimensional characters that undergo like real life trauma over the course of battling supernatural entities that it's in a class all its own. No pun intended. <laughs> yes. Woo! All right, yeah, hard, hard Agreed. to argue with that stuff. Laying the foundation yeah. for for future SMT and Persona titles. I uh, gotta go back and play some of those because I've, I've, the only one I've actually played was uh, Persona Five. So yeah, I'm yeah. curious. I, I really want to play. Well, the we kind of we kind of left it out. We're talking about four and five, but yeah, you do see that that character development for like all your friends and things like that. And yeah. It really, really sucks you in. Um, okay. Uh, moving on to twos. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, number, number two is, uh, so I was pining away for um, this, this RPG called Seven Saga. Um, following it, Nintendo Power, again, calling up the local game shops because you, you didn't know anything was dropping back then. You just knew it was like coming sooner or later. Yeah. Um, so I remember like for months, like checking up on this game, asked for it for Christmas and I got it. But, uh, you know, I had also asked for Secret of Mana, um, not knowing what it was, just knowing that it was uh, square and that I really, really liked Final Fantasy 2 <laughs> at the time. Final Fantasy 4. Um, so I get both of them. I sit down with Seven Saga and I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Let me try this other game that I got. And I wound up spending my entire Christmas break playing this game. Um, it's completely blown away. Like the, you know, we talked about Persona just now with the presentation. Um, the presentation of Secret of Mana is so good. Everything's so colorful. The animations are great. The, the gameplay is cool, but um, you you get like a lot of uh, um, 
like really um, cool story beats. Um, you know, it gets, it gets sad at points. Um, and on top of being, you know, completely epic, uh, it's just there's so much about this that uh, about this game that um, is is like top tier for me. So it's probably my favorite final boss fight yeah. uh, with the flamey. Ah, so, cool. so cool. Like you didn't see it coming um, that you're fighting like a mana beast. And then uh, the, the music that is only for that boss fight. Um, the Meridian dance is so cool. Um, and, and the lead up to that, when you're going through the fortress, yeah. um, that whole area is awesome. Um, the music for that is rad. Um, and you get in this final you know, conflict against this creature that's not necessarily evil, um, but just kind of represents what you need to do to, to save everybody. Um, I just love this game so much. Like it's completely, <laughs> completely out of left field for me. Like I know, again, I knew nothing about it. Um, just, it was so much fun leveling up all the weapons, um, you know, going into the, the different areas. Uh, you know, everything's wildly different you know, the desert and the, the ice area. Uh, oh, yeah, you freeze a village to death. <laughs> that's when you you free Salamander that's right. that was providing heat for the whole village, and now they're just under snow. And it's like, well, they're oh, all dead. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have captured a uh, whatever that thing was. Yeah, Salamander. Sa- well, they shouldn't have like, captured him. Well, I forget what the the magic things were called. But, uh, uh, yeah, just fucking love this game so much. Uh, so that's my number two, Alex. Your number two. Uh, I struggled with this one. This, in a few years, might be number one, but <laughs> it's number two for now because it doesn't have that uh, nostalgia tied to it that I have with these other games. And this is the first and probably the only video game where I actually shed tears at the end of it. Not only because it was such a heartfelt, poignant ending, but also because. I can never play this video game for the first time ever again. Aww. Wow. Yeah. And that is well, that, Undertale. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Undertale I is just... Uh, you really do. <laughs> it is such a fantastic just narrative story. The gameplay is fun and engaging, and it ties into the narrative as well. Um, it plays on a lot of tropes from a lot of video games that we've talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has fantastic music. Um, great characters. It has, uh, like uh, Mike was saying about Earthbound, the character completely static, but everybody else is super eccentric. Um, it just hits all the beats, everything. And if I had played this when I was a, a teenager, or even in my you know early twenties, easily would be my number one. But since it doesn't carry that weight of nostalgia, I only you know played this last year actually. Um, it's my number two. I love this game. I might actually go replay it soon. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting a little misty. I just thinking about you're, it. You're it's, being it's, filled it, with determination as we speak. I know <laughs> it's oh, my gosh, it's, it's hard to describe. You, you got to play it. Right. And Delta Rune, the um, it's not really a sequel, but it's more like an alternate, like a what if story It's free. You can play the first chapter and that might be the last Undertale thing we ever get ever. Yeah. Uh, so play it. It's free. Play it on your PC. Delta Rune is amazing, and you don't need to play Undertale to get it, to understand it. Okay. Phenomenal. 
All right. Uh, Mike, your number two. My number two, I know no one's mentioned this one yet, but it's Final Fantasy VI. Oh, so, <laughs> oh Jesus! Wait, 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 that was a much longer pause than I was expecting. <laughs> There's a six. Wait a minute, I know we're talking about three. Talk about three and four. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two. Final Fantasy three, starring Terra, not six, starring Tina. They're different games. Oh, oh God! Okay. I see. So Final Fantasy six uh, came out when I when <laughs> I was in eighth grade. I uh, don't know about how old you guys were but i was in eighth grade and um yeah we went to high school together dude i, know. I was trying to hide <laughs> your identities <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh so on top of the things that people Alex have already the guy said who takes his like ski mask off in the middle of the bank robbery so there you go. <laughs> like, well, how else are they gonna know that i fucking robbed them <laughs> This is me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what you uh, gonna do? Building off of building <laughs> off of the already really well stated things about this game, I couldn't get enough. I like it blew my mind that they they didn't interpret Amano's art. They just fucking scanned it. They just scanned it and put it into the game. So all the character portraits and more importantly all the enemy art was concept art there in the game in beautiful hand-drawn painted oh, glory that's... and it looks like it's way more colors than what the super nintendo can handle and that's a testament to the pixel artist talent of dealing mm. with limited palettes the yeah. it's still one of my favorite soundtracks of anything of any medium ever one of my favorites and the uh the last thing i'll say about it is the color palette practically every 16-bit game before this was bright green things were solid green this yeah. game they gave everything a gray hue mm -hmm. which really played into the melancholy that the story and soundtrack gave you they they just amped it up with this with this creeping i don't know what the right word is other than melancholy but like a little bit of sadness Morosis. a bit of negativity yeah. yeah like depending the second half of the game was completely hopeless but even the first half like you were walking on eggshells uh, action wise and every single thing played into that well the end yeah well said <laughs> Hey, remember when that ghost followed you around? <laughs> oh my party? gosh, that was awesome. Yeah. And then he had a human fist that came out to punch. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was strange. Ghosts are weird. <laughs> Stupid sick for you. This guy's going to be important. Nope. Not yeah. even the slightest. Uh, He's got an airship. We, we just use him for his airship. Oh no! Wait, that's, no, that's Siegfried that's is the self-proclaimed greatest swordsman, and he did have a quadra slash, but each one hit you for like five hit points. <laughs> then he just put then he then he just pushes you and takes the treasure chest and runs away. <laughs> that's right. Oh, it happened. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. He shows up in the in the Coliseum. Right. Someone's pretending Ultros. to be me. Oh, Ultros was oh, hilarious. Yeah. Ultros, what a great boss. He was. <laughs> Loved him. Mr. Chupon. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mr. Chupon. Oh, man. 
Too much good stuff. The Moogles. First time. Oh my god. Ever saw a Moogle? Oh yeah. And the Moogle charm, still one of the greatest items in any game ever. Yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, you see shit, as soon as you get into the second act, you make a fucking V line for that. Like you do what you gotta do. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you ever like for me? I sacrificed uh, Setzer because for me he was the most useless, and turned him into an imp and gave him all the imp gear. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I tried that, man. That wrecks. <laughs> so, so you can really fuck yourself if. So you know the, the final part we had to split into three groups. Like, oh, yeah. I'll just throw Mog in the shitty group with the Wiggle Charm, not knowing that. <laughs> like you're gonna have to fight a boss <laughs> yeah, yeah you're gonna have to fight actually like oh this is not good <laughs> i've got i've got mog with like a spear and sensor with like fira two like this is gonna take a while <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah final fantasy six yeah if we were if we were doing like one of those like aggregate things i think six would win here um Six and, is uh, one of the one of those games where the same sort of thing. My the the worst part was that I can't experience it for the first time again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Damien, number two. Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. Oh, oh you're, you're combining them. I am combining them. I'm going to cheat on this one. Okay. Uh, I'll toss in <laughs> Radical Dreamers if I can as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost just wanted to say those. You know, I'll just pass. That's that's it. If people don't know why that game is number, <laughs> why those games are number two, number one, I can't explain it in less than like a, a, a you know like months. There's so much to say about those games. They're they're absolute. They're they're essentially gaming perfection. For Trigger, a lot of that's already been discussed. For Cross, you talk about emotionally moving uh, gaming. The soundtrack that Meets that puts together for that Scars of Time right off the bat, uh, Nikki's Nikki's theme song and the, like that rock opera about him reclaiming, right, like as as his father reclaims his his purpose in life. And uh, there's so many characters, and with the exception of Poshal, they're all great, which is extraordinary because it's such a diverse cast. Uh, I've both of those games. There's really nothing I can say. They just people have to go out and play Trigger and and Cross as soon as they can. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so moving on to ones finally. Uh, so uh, going back to Final Fantasy again for me. Um, that's Final Fantasy Four. Uh, we've talked a lot about this title already. Um, so the other reason I picked it up to begin with was that it had the super red box art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like the, the the sword with like the crystal uh, pommel on it. I'm like, yeah, that looks cool. And then, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like it took me probably like a couple of days to actually figure out what the hell I was doing. But like once I hey, did, well, I wonder what this bomb ring is for. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, instantly hooked. This this is the game that like sucked me into all future RPGs. Basically, uh, you know, like Alex had said, I think it was Alex that uh, we didn't know it was Star Wars at the time, but it basically was. Yeah. Um, but just. All the cool characters, however, all the characters are unique. Um, you're always getting cool shit for leveling up. Um, the gear system, here you're getting fairly, getting upgrades fairly regularly. Uh, you know, full Cecil arc returns to the Paladin. Um, just the couple of the super cool places you go, like the Land of Seven Monsters. Oh, that's uh, my favorite. 
Yeah, um, so cool. I mean, just the the final trek to to the to the Boston um through the core, through the moon's core. Yeah, like the 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 music, like the way the music starts in that is so awesome. Where it's like the subtle, like yep, and then like music kicks in, and like all the all the like enemies you fight in there are super epic, and then you get to that final fight, and then there's like the clap your hands if you believe in fairies type of moment. Where, which I also yeah, love, yeah. where all the characters like are rooting you on, and uh, oh, and some of the dead ones even make a, yeah, including including there. some of the the deceased ones, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and you get to that that final conflict, and then it has the the super like epic ending that you get out of that. You know, you gotta think back to Nintendo, where it was like a winner is you, and like one screen of like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like thanks for playing, and then, and then that thanks, was it. Dudes, but, let's get a burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, President Ronnie. <laughs> With President Ronnie. So like this, like they actually went on their way to reward you. Like, okay, you like, yeah. it's kind of a little bit of like their future together, like all these the future of all these people. Um, and it's a super cool. Um completely sucked into this this whole thing from beginning to end. Like we already mentioned the part where Rydia shows up. Uh you just just nothing but love for this game. Um <laughs> so yeah, Final Fantasy Four. Uh, Alex, you're number one. Uh Final Fantasy the Spirits Within. Sweet. Good. That also made me cry. No. Yeah. That one's yeah. kind of depressing, by the way. Yeah. Not kind of, it is. No, but my real number one is uh, <laughs> uh, Chrono Trigger. All right. I can't every time. Yep. Even my kids ask me, Dad, what's your favorite video game? Like of all time? Yep. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to say Chrono Trigger. Can I play it? Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> you can't read. You got to learn how to read better. <laughs> like, that's the number one motivator for people to learn to read in the world, I think, is so they can play Chrono Trigger. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. It, 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 you can't play Chrono no Trigger. There's no better reason. I'm going to tell his, his teacher, look, do you want the kids to play Chrono Trigger? You're going to tell them to read better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it blew my mind. Multiple endings, and then the PlayStation. I got the PlayStation, um, not remake, but the one with added features and the anime cutscenes. Oh, yeah, the scene Fantastic. where oh, the frog cuts the mountain in half with the Masamune, the anime cutscene. <sighs> so, so cool. Good. Yeah. Plus the racing. I could spend hours just racing <laughs> in, in the world of the future. So much fun. Has everyone played the, the DS version that has the extra ending and... Um, Dungeons? I no. don't think Scott I got did. that far. Okay. It's actually really good. Are, are you talking about Final Fantasy 4? Uh, no, Chrono Trigger. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh, okay, because I did the one for 4 <laughs> that had that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 4, you could do that. 4 had like an ad hoc new game plus thing where you could play through with max like mix abilities and things. Well, there was like the one weird version before they did like the 3D one. Oh. Where you there was like a cave at like like an extra like dungeon cave at the end. Oh yeah. And you could, right. and you basically revive all the characters that you lost. So you basically play through like the end of the game with whoever you wanted. Um, and then you could also give them like appropriate gear as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you did actually, no, I did not play through the, all the way through the, the Chrono Trigger. Oh, thing. Okay. If you're a Chrono Trigger fan um, and you want to revisit it, the DS, not 3DS, the original DS version is really good. It has all the PlayStation stuff and none of the loading time that the PlayStation version got saddled with. And mm-hmm. it introduces a, a couple new dungeons, which actually have uh, additional weapons and a little bit of character and um, specific uh, components. A couple like tossed on like Pokemon style um, 
like one Pokemon style mini game doesn't really add that much to it. But I think most interestingly for people who really like the series, uh, there's an ending that kind of transitions between Trigger and Cross. It shows a little bit about oh yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Damn, I didn't know. That. I'm gonna have to pick play. It. Wait, Scott, did you let me borrow that? Chrono Trigger. Yeah, because I know I have one, but I don't know if it's the 3DS or the DS one. It probably would have been the uh, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, there's only a okay. DS well. One. Okay, cool. Then yeah, I'm fucking playing that. I don't know All if right, I like to see that. I look forward to talking to you about. Um, okay. Uh, Mike, you're number one. Again, <laughs> these are Adam Core close, but my number one is the first Xenoblade. So oh wow, I left out Ooh. the important things from Xenoblade X and two. So I'm just <laughs> going to cover those real quick in context of one. So the themes. So you know, you guys, if you're familiar with the the other Xeno games, um, the people that write these really care about the the um, thematic core of the plots. Uh, that, and it's always based on whatever whatever these folks are interested in at the time. So like with Xeno Gears, there was Nietzsche and other shit that I don't understand. And <laughs> and uh, I mean it was really cool, uh-huh. but yeah, it's, you know I don't know. And then and then Saga, I only played the first game and I couldn't beat the last boss, but I assume <laughs> I assume it was about the. Uh, the, na- the whether we have a soul and what is its nature, right? That sounds about right, I guess. Uh, and then uh, mm. this is not a slam against the Xeno games. It's just that, you know, I I didn't really play the Saga series. And I, anyway. And then with Blade, uh, the first game, some of the main themes are um, uh, God in a different way than you normally see in stories that try to think about the divine. And then vengeance, and not not just I'm going to get revenge, but they explore the concept and usefulness or lack thereof of vengeance. With Zeno, mm. with the second game, of course, the third game is number two, but the second game, <laughs> X, uh, it's a, it's a very different sci-fi thing where what the main thing that they explore is what makes you human. What what is important? What are the important aspects of that of being human? And uh, and then with the third game, which is number two, the themes are penance and memory. And they do a really cool job on all three games of going through these. But my absolute favorite one is the first game. The premise is that the entire world is the corpses of two gods in endless ocean. That's the whole world. Mm. Uh, one god is biological. The other is mechanical. A long ass time ago, like five thousand years ago, they That's woke up. Million. Million. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, of five thousand yeah, years of ago, they woke. They ago. woke up and started fighting. <laughs> then they struck each other dead, and uh, and they, they just wake up and go, "Hey, you, let's fight." Well, spoilers. Fight I can't words. tell you. I can't tell you why or how they started fighting. Oh, damn! And uh, <laughs> and so and the the premise. You start off seeing a battle with the human-ish characters fighting these not very not humanoid robots and the one of the main characters within the first hour of the game one of the main characters gets killed at least you you know you think it's a main character but then they're killed and then you st- then 
then the main character is like, well, I want revenge. That's that seems really basic, but it really changes. Really, it takes a really hard turn partway through, and it's it's just so well planned out and so well executed. Uh, the music they have five or six. No, no, it's, they ha- yeah, they have like six composers writing different themes, and because it's a day night thing, there's a day version and a night version, and sometimes one composer does the night version for the other person's day theme and it's just brilliant Mm. now it's a wii game the old wii so it is like you know between ps2 and xbox level visuals so it's not quite open world but the thing that all three of these games have because you know there are games that are bigger like breath of the wild but what these games do that's unique is their world designers figured out how to make things seem grand so even though, even though Witcher 3 and Breath of the Wild are significantly larger than Xenoblade 1, Xenoblade 1 looks bigger, which just mm-hmm. as, as you're traveling across the corpse of a god. Uh, and it, uh, the, uh, the battle system is a lot of fun. Like, I never got tired of it. That's a, I think that's always a good sign of an RPG. You're going to do one trillion battles. Are you going to get bored of it? I didn't. Every character is different enough. It's sort of action RPG, kind of Diablo-ish, where it's all cooldown based. And um, and the first game for me that is the, the, I put when it came out was when I was very very sick, and I couldn't do shit for three months. And I mm. got this game, and I was like, well, at least I'll play this game. <laughs> and uh, it took me 120 hours, and then I played it again instantly right afterwards. <laughs> wow. Ooh. wow yeah some glowing recommendations here yeah, yeah. I, I think you that's that's yet another game where mike tried to get me to play it i never really got around to it yeah <laughs> this podcast really just a list of games that mike's tried to get scott to play yeah that yeah, yeah. To play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm terrible it's a cry uh, for help. yeah then uh Last but not least, inter- intervention. Uh, Damien, you're number one. My number one RPG of all time. RPG Maker. Yes. <laughs> I made this great RPG. <laughs> so let me tell you all about it. I'll plug the website next. No, it is not our RPG Maker. Um, it's also my number one game of all Ooh. time. And Dang. Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> that was a game indeed a, a game that everyone lost <laughs> this is a PC game and were point click adventure games to be somehow part of the larger RP discussion there'd be a few more like this that would have made their way on here but this one is indeed does indeed have the RPG elements that allow me to put it in this list it is quest for glory 1 so you want to be a hero Oh, that game was amazing Oh, wow, I, good I, pool. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, Didn't think about that one at all. This, not only is it an extraordinary game in general, especially when it came out, and its initial version was, uh, it had like CGA or EGA, like EGA graphics, but you would actually have like text prompts to type in what you wanted to do. The version I, I played as a kid was the SVGA <laughs> like super <laughs> graphics version, like yeah. unbelievable, 256 colors or whatever the case may be. Um, an actual point and click uh, interface. And 
this game, I think, is rightly acclaimed as kind of setting the stage for almost all modern RPGs. It was set in a, a medieval town, um, I think Spielberg or something. There's a lot of puns in this, as was the case in a lot of point-click adventure games back then. And what made it so compelling and why it's ahead of other games that I think are, are hallowed, sacrosanct titles like Chrono Trigger and FSX is the sheer scope of what you can do and customize and play through the game as even decades ago now i think it's it's a kind of a, a template for how you go about this a, a master class in it because you play this new adventure coming to town looking for glory and the way you develop the character is just by playing the game so if you want to if you want to develop the ability to throw daggers you pick up a dagger and you go and you click on the target over and over again with your dagger you practice the skill if you want to make money you go to a stable and you work in the stable to clean it up and you can get money and, and day and night um you get this long before like ocarina of time or anything like that day and night will progress and if you're caught outside of the town at nighttime you have to fight monsters and the combat system is just appallingly bad it's so <laughs> horrible so just you to level up, I guess, because God knows the, the the actual like button inputs and the mechanics are are atrocious. But the sense of of accomplishment and progression, and this idea that something like, interesting was always happening around you that you could actually go and find a way to join a thieves guild that you could only join if you happen to have certain skills that made you you know a rogue type class, or you could go and find this magician on a hill. Uh, who would allow you to learn special uh, spells if you chose a mage class from the beginning. And it was, at the time, it just felt like infinite possibilities. And the thrill of having your game game choices rewarded with all these this immediate feedback and this real progression and seeing the story unravel around you as you would event, the story itself would pick up and you have to fight off these brigands outside of town and you have to go and defeat Baba Yaga and her chicken leg hot. There's a really crazy mix of uh, fan, high fantasy all tossed together. But ultimately it was that sense of um, being in total control of how my character progressed and having limitless possibilities to develop them and the story in any way I wanted through actual in-game interactions that always stuck with me. I played the heck out of that game, all the different classes. You could actually keep your character and progress through later Quest for Glories as well, which was just more incentive to to really develop it. And I think it's a, just a, an absolute gem. Yeah, I, Ooh, I can't yeah, remember that game. Great. Yeah, that's... A good pull. I never played it. I think you can get it on like was it GOG or uh Oh okay. Have some of the, yeah, that they got sounds, a that lot sounds of like something that would be on GOG. Great old titles, yeah. 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 Ooh, I'll, I'll have to check it out. Highly recommend All right. All right. Well uh thank you gentlemen. Uh just real quick, um some some stuff that we left off our list that we might have mentioned. Um and some of these were quite painful for me anyway. Uh so Nobody said anything about Symphony of the Night. Um, nobody had any of the Suikoden's. Um, I think Suikoden Meh. 3 is the, the best one of those, by the way. Um, I haven't played any. Nobody said Xenogears, uh, which I was a little surprised at. Um, oh, that game was that game was weird. Um, I'd probably put in. I probably put in like <laughs> yeah. The second half of that is absolutely ludicrous. Oh, because they they had to. It was running out of budget. Yeah, it almost yeah, got canceled. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, Baldur's Gate 2, Neverwinter Nights 2, um, a game that I put in like 500 hours in at least is Fallout New Vegas. 
Um, so so yeah, lots, oh, lots. Talk of, about awesome soundtracks, yeah, Jeebus H. Yeah, lots of cool shit that we've we've left off here. Did anyone um, say Skyrim? No one said Skyrim or any of the Elder Scrolls stuff, really. Yeah. It's not, yeah, not my cup of tea. I think I tried them. Like I mentioned Skyrim when I was bitching about the inventory. That was about <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Persona Five, it is not <laughs> with the inventory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure there's other things that we're living off here. If anybody's listening, oh yeah, um, please so, something. Let us know. If you're shout if you're out still to listening. Biggs and. Shout out to Biggs and Wedge. What's the first Final Fantasy where they showed up? I think it was six. Or maybe, I, unless it was in five. I don't recall if they were in five. I played five all the way through once. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess it was six early on. Six, and right. the, and they've been. You mean Vix and Wedge? In, well, it depends on the <laughs> entry. Yeah. Uh, uh, screw Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, that's correct as well. That, you mean, f- oh, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking son of a bitch, really? Not my cup of tea. <laughs> like, the whole time I was playing this, I was like, really? It's, yeah. You get to the spoiler alerts, so you get to the world of ruin, I'm like, all right, this is, uh, finally, this game gets good. I'm going to have to travel this dark world and gather the crew all back together <laughs> again. I, they take me to the first town, my whole crew's there. There's no, like... <laughs> There's there's absolutely no pageantry, no high fives like, man, where have you been for 10 years? Oh, my gosh, look at it. The world is all fucked up. Nothing. They're just following me around like NPC uh, buddies that have been around the whole time. It's like, really? Dude, not cool. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, it's total. I'm like, uh. at that one, I was like, OK, let's just beat this game and get this shit over oh, with. Yeah. <laughs> Honorable oh, right. mention for me is a is a Go game ahead. that never came to America without a it has a fan translation. That's how I played it, but it was Soma Bringer on the DS. It was also by Monolith Soft, the Xeno people. And uh mm. also music by um Chrono Trigger guy, Mitsuda. Yeah. Yeah, I played incredible that game. soundtrack, a, a wonderful story. Um gameplay, it's like a more action-oriented Diablo, and it seems hard, except if you get a boss halfway down and he kills you, you walk back and his health is still halfway down. So uh, they go really easy mode on that. <laughs> I've never beaten that game, but I have played I haven't heard of that game in a long time. That's a great one. Yeah, that was a that was really niche. Yeah. Wow, so Okay. Good. All right, any, any other honorable mentions here real quick? Oh yeah, a, a remake that's coming out soon. Seiken Densetsu Three. Oh, Trials of Mana. Trials of Mana. Yeah, yep. Damn, I I played the uh, translated ROM. Such a good game. Hmm. I only played it through once. I have to go through and play it with a different cast of characters, but it's so awesome. You get to pick your character, and then you get to meet all of them throughout. You know, different story points. It's hard to describe. It's it's got a very good branching story system, and you get to just choose your main character. Kind of like what was it, Xenosaga? But you know, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a plus. Yeah, yeah. Or what, no, not Xenosaga. What was it Saga Frontier? Is oh, that the one I'm thinking uh, of? Yeah, the so- yeah the Saga series. Oh yeah, and like live a life or whatever. Saga. Yeah, yeah, that one. Saga Frontier. Not like that. <laughs> 
All right. I think uh, uh, Shadowrun deserves a shout out too. Both oh the yeah, Shadowrun and the uh, oh, yeah, uh, damn yeah. it. Yeah, that was that was the one that was probably the hardest for me to keep on my list. Yeah, it was initially on my list and I took it off. Amazing. Last one for yeah, me. The, the SNES one, for me, one. Mario and Luigi on GBA. That was finally like I wasn't into Paper Mario because it was meant for seemed like it was meant for younger audiences. Uh, Mario and Luigi was hilarious. And uh, <laughs> finally, a, a proper follow-up to the excellent Mario RPG. Yeah. I just love the Italian gibberish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, any, any other honorable mentions? No? Okay. Uh, uh, no, all other games suck. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> here we have a news section and a sports section. We're skipping those. Although for the news, I will say, damn you, Sony. Damn you, Marvel. You went, you went and blew it all up, you maniacs. Uh, um, so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you sticking around for this one, and hope you uh, like hearing about the video games from us. Um, so, yeah, let us know if we missed anything out of this, or if there's anything you feel strongly about that we ranked too high, or maybe we should have had higher. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.